Hello again, hockey fans. Are you ready to brave the wild? It is episode number 31. I am your host, Joey Awajan, or Paladino Joey. Episode number 31 of Brave the Wild. Today is Friday, December the 18th, 2009. It is great to have you with me once again today. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. There's also a link to Brave the Wild on minnesota.nhlfansite.com. We appreciate that as well. So those are our affiliates. Of course, thesportstuff.com, the flagship host of the site, of the show. And today's show, well, there's a... There's some there's some nuggets to cover. There's some stuff to talk about today, and of course, uh, the Wild playing really really good hockey. To be honest, there's quite a bit to talk about, and most of it's encouraging. Most of it, unfortunately, the first of the three games I'm going to review is just it's just it's just a wall. The Wild can't seem to get get through, or a ceiling they can't seem to break. Got to break that ceiling until they can really start moving and becoming a playoff team, and. Uh, well, we're going to get to that pretty quick. Of course, that game was in Vancouver. So that's going to be the idea today. We're going to talk about three games. We are also going to talk about the very improved play of Martin Havlat, who has really, really stepped up a bit of late, really stepped up here in the month of December. I'm very, very happy, and i got to think that's going to, that attributes to the wild play of late. It really does. Um we're going to definitely get into that a little more in depth. We're also going to talk about something I wanted the Wild to do about two episodes ago. I, I talked about it. Talked about, you know, how there's a guy named uh, Clayton Stoner in the minor leagues. He's been there for a while, and I thought the Wild should uh, call him up. Maybe he'd be, a, you know, more of a long-term fit than, say, somebody like a Jamie Cyphers, who's who's been a, you know, he's a gutty guy, but that's all he is. Maybe Clayton Stoner can offer a little bit more. Well, funny how that works. Clayton Stoner was called up. Jamie Cyphers sent down. Now, it's nothing against Jamie Cyphers. He might be back, and if he is, he good, good for him. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's almost like they listen to the show. <laughs> it almost is. No, uh, somebody does. Some of you out there do, and I appreciate you guys very much. Uh, please tell a friend about Brave the Wild. It'd really be appreciated. Um, so, those are two things I'm going to get to. Also, Andrew Ebbett. Yep, Andrew Ebbett has joined. Concussion Junction. It is a revolving door at Concussion Junction. I mean, there are too many people joining that. So we're going to get into those topics today. That's about four topics. you got the game reviews. you got Martin Havlat, Andrew Abbott, Clayton Stoner. So a uh, lot to get to, so we're going to get to it right now. There will be no break, as you probably fit out by now. So what did I talk about on the last show? What did I talk about? The Wild... It's just like a stock, a stock that need that you know there, there's a glass ceiling, you know, and every time the stock reaches the glass ceiling, it seems to bounce, bounce off it and go back down again. Well, luckily the wild did not go back down, but the problem is they did bounce off of it. They just couldn't break the Vancouver Canucks. The Vancouver Canucks were one point ahead of the Minnesota Wild, one point. And how many points are the Vancouver Canucks ahead of the Wild today? One point. And exactly like I said, the Wildwood would, until they can get over those Vancouver Canucks, and a game like that, not only would, it would literally put them over, you know, mathematically and all that good stuff, but mentally it would put them over the Vancouver Canucks. They would finally get, get over that wall, at, at least for one day. They'd finally get that mental block out of the way. I mean, this Vancouver Canucks team has a mental block on the Minnesota Wild, and if you don't believe that, you're not paying attention. <laughs> you're not paying attention. 
But like as I was saying, the Wild would be stuck in that 11 to 13 range, which record-wise, it's not bad. It's not a bad. It's not bad at all. I mean, what's the worst record in the uh, the Western Conference today? 13 and 14. 13 and 14 is the worst record in the Western Conference. Only one team has a losing record, and they are one game below 500. You talk about competition, folks. But that's the thing. That's why you got to win games against teams like Vancouver. You have to because they keep winning. They're not losing. They they just they're gonna win. They just they always have a winning record, nonstop. They're 19 and 15, yet they're they're the 10th seed. Well, they're the 11th. So if we want to get over this 11 to 13 range and move on, you got to beat teams like the Vancouver Canucks, especially them because they're that damn mental block. And while they're stuck in that fourth place, unfortunately, ah, it's just. It was frustrating. And the Wild pretty much were losing the whole game, too. That's what drove me even more crazy. It's like, why? Vancouver is a nice all-around team, but it's just so frustrating. Down 2 to nothing, really early. Just six minutes into the game, it was already 2 to nothing Vancouver. And it's like, it, that's, why, that's why I'm telling you it's a mental block. But uh, this was right about when Martin Havlet started to wake up. Not not quite. He started to wake up a few games earlier, earlier in December. As you heard on the previous show, he was starting to wake up. Now he's really awoken as he scored in every single game. He has a point in the last four games, as they were saying last night. And, of course, that's a fact. But, yeah, Daniel Sandin and Mason Raymond put the uh, Canucks up 2 to nothing right away. The shots on goal were very even. It's just the execution was quite different. And the Wild, which is something they've been doing... Quite a lot lately. Quite a lot lately. And, you know, they're coming to get to the key as to why the Wild lost here really quick. Um, the Wild have been out shooting teams and, and win, destroying them in the faceoffs of late. The Wild 49-20 to 20 in the faceoff category, yet we can't win in Vancouver. We lose 4-3. to three. We, we outshoot them 41-29. to 29. Yet we lose in Vancouver. Yeah, yet we lose. That's because the Vancouver Canucks had three power plays out of five. So that, that wild penalty kill, well, it didn't show up. It didn't show up at all, and especially early on, and not to mention the dumb penalties the Wild were uh, getting in this game. Dumb penalties. I mean, there were there were five. That's not like the worst ever, but the timing obviously didn't work out very good. And, uh, wow, what a, what a tough go. I mean, Martin Havlett had a three-point game here, and that's when you knew he's really woken up here big time. It's like, whoa, Martin Havlett's alive. He's awake, he's, he's living and breathing. It's Martin Havlat. It's not this, this other guy who looks like him, who can't play very good. You know, who's just, who's got no energy, and is, and is virtually invisible, and, and is, even was, was hurt for a while. Um, the funny part is, too, the other guys that scored for the Wild, Shane Knighty and Greg Zanin. <laughs> Shane Knighty and Greg Zanin. So, that's another thing that's slightly frustrating, you know. The, the big the big guns couldn't get it done. The, the, not that they're really big guns, but big guns compared to Knighty and Zanin. So, just a frustrating game for the Wild, and it just showed that, hey, you know, we're not getting over the ceiling tonight. We're still stuck in, the, in this gall dang uh, lower fourth of the Western Conference, which means no playoffs. So, and, and of course, Roberto, Roberto Luongo had to do with it as well, saving uh, 38 shots out of 41. Roberto Luongo, big, big saves down the stretch as the Wild uh, outshot Vancouver 18-8 to in the third period, or second period, and didn't score. Didn't score. Roberto Luongo right there, folks, all the way. Vancouver's defense has gotten a lot better over the years, 
But uh, this the, on this particular night, the Wild offense was absolutely awake. But they didn't. But they didn't score a goal when they when they needed to. They're trying to get things going, and they just couldn't get it done. Havlat brought the Wild within one with about a minute left. But you know that was when he got his fourth goal to go along with his uh, two assists on the on the night in Zanin goals, along with Brozniak, who also had two assists. Um, it just wasn't the night for the Wild. It just was not meant to be, unfortunately. But like I said, the good news is Martin Havlat is back. And when you have a team that was already playing pretty good. Thanks to the newcomers at the time, when then guys like Brunette and Koivu took over. Now you get guys like a guy like Martin Havlat finally stepping into his role and to provide some offense. Um, the guy's more of a passer than a, than uh, Gabrick was a scorer. So, uh, you know, it, if if that makes sense, Gabrick is more of a scorer and Havlat scores, but he's a you know he's got more of a passing game than I guess go than dominating in the goal category. But uh, the goals are there usually. He's, he's he's never gotten 30 goals or over 30 goals. He's usually about right about 30 at his top. Otherwise, he's a 25 goal, uh, 40 assist guy. He's about that kind of player. 45 assists, 70 point guy. Um, so we'll see if things can average out at some point. I mean, if Havlat can get hot enough, then maybe that will happen. But um, I'm gonna get more deeper into Havlat in a minute here. More deeper. Excuse my horrible. Uh, English there. My bad English. I'm butchering the English language. <laughs> I may butcher the English language, but you do know where I stand. <laughs> okay, sorry. I, I had to do that. Um, wild. Come home. One home game. Just one. I mean, it's been a road fest, folks. They have five games in a row. Nashville, Phoenix, Colorado, Calgary, Vancouver. Finally come home for Columbus and then have to go to Montreal and Ottawa. <laughs> After that, they go back up to Canada. The Wild, well, this game was almost exactly like the Calgary Flames game. As the Wild dominate the game, they dominate in the, uh, the shots and all that stuff with puck possession. They got a lot of uh, good shots. I mean, they didn't actually dominate in shots necessarily, I guess. Early on they did, and things really tightened up after that. They got 11 shots on goal in the first period, only 6 and 6 in the second and third. But at least the uh, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly, I guess. It was, the you know, ugly but ugly but good enough. Is pretty much what matters. Um, Rick Nash always scores on the wild, no matter what. And him and Marion Gabrick always had issues in the past. 17th goal of the year for him, and then uh, Yalam Latandres is back on, back scoring again with his fifth goal, and Zidlicky adding his third. Um, you're going to notice a line though that's been pretty pretty cool of late. It's either one that involves uh, it's got Koivu and Havlat, and either Latandres or Andrew Brunette, and. Uh, Especially the brunette one, when those three are together, what a great line! That has been beautiful, and uh, it's a uh, that's very encouraging when you when you see that. But Latandres works really good with uh, Koivu and Havlat as well. Those those lines have been you, you've been seeing some chemistry going on. Koivu's play of late has been as good as ever. He's just been outstanding, and unfortunately, right around uh, about a game or two ago, was officially when. Uh, Andrew Ebbett got his concussion. I believe that was the game before. Excuse me. But uh, <laughs> that's the unfortunate part. The good news is, though, how the Wild were able to get it done here. I mean, it it, it it wasn't a great game, really, overall. It really wasn't. It was that first period that kind of it looked like the Calgary game, and then it really closed up after that. Only one power play apiece in this game. 
Wild win the face-off category yet again, 22-18. There weren't even that many face-offs in this game. It went by pretty pretty damn quick. Like I said, only one power play apiece, so not much stoppage of play in this game. It just zipped on by. But uh, it was nice to see Let Andres tie this sucker up. I mean, the Wild cannot afford to lose to the Columbus Blue Jackets at home. You, you can't do it. You can't do it if you're going to get taken seriously. And yes, Columbus has been an improving team the last couple of years. Has been, but now, well... They're the 12th seed, so that's another reason why the Wild have moved up a little bit because of winning games like that. you got to win games against two of these uh, conference division ri- conference or division rivals. You know, these, you know, and they're, you're pretty even when it comes to record. Those games are just an absolute must if you're going to get over the hump, and uh, that's why that Vancouver loss frustrated me so much. But at least they somewhat, somewhat made up for it with the win over Columbus. Columbus had been a pretty tough team for the Wild as well last year, but the Wild looked good against them this year, so there you go, they, they, they got over one of those ghosts, I guess, as uh, Merrick Zidlicky, the hero in that third period, it was just a perfectly timed play, Koivu to Zidlicky, with only 39 seconds to go, it's like, thank God, thank God, we can get out of here, hopefully with a victory, provided Columbus does not score, and they tried, oh, they tried, but it didn't matter, they didn't, it didn't matter, as uh, Backstrom did did what he needs to do and stopped the last few opportunities, scoring chances that Columbus had, and the Wild escaped with a with a victory. It's, uh, Second period had us a little worried. The first period was was frustrating. You know, only three shots on goal by Columbus. We had eleven. The puck was in their zone the whole time, and just another period or another period, another deal. It's like why can't we just finish? Why can't we just finish? We get all these chances but can't finish. So, that's the frustrating part. Mason is a pretty good goalie over there in Columbus, but uh, still, come on now, come on. <laughs> Puck's in your zone. The other teams, you know, you got the puck in the other zone the whole game. What, why the heck aren't you capitalizing? The Wild finally do late when it matters. So, this was more of a timely offense. Kind of a rugged game, but timely offense, and that's what matters the most. Wild escape, as mentioned. So, now we move on to the final game to to review, and then we get into more of that ba- that other background there. This was a fun game. It wasn't great, but it was fun, you know, going to Van- excuse me, Montreal. It's always fun playing Montreal. And the Wild have actually had some decent success against them. As you remember us old North Star fans, the North Stars almost never had success against Montreal. Every time the Wild had to go to Montreal, it's like, here we go again. Same old crap. But uh, in this era, for some reason, <laughs> the Wild... Seem to beat Montreal, whether they're number one seed in the Western or Eastern Conference, or they're one of the worst teams. This year, they're not doing so hot. Just remember, last year they collapsed late in the season. They've really been a disappointment. Ben Wapuli is not even on that team right now. He's in their minor league. Guillaume Latandres is, is here now, which is great. Guillaume, excuse me. So uh, he's no superstar yet, but he you know he might develop into something at least. A nice piece. Montreal, by the way, only 500 at home after losing to the Wild. They've been they've won uh, three out of their last ten games. They've lost six and had a uh, overtime loss or whatever in the uh, uh, as the tenth game or whatever uh, out of the last ten. The Wild are eight two and zero in their last ten. So uh, you got a red hot team and an ice cold team going at it. No pun intended when I say ice cold. So. Um, Things look good for the Wild coming in, and, and, and they 
finished good. The Wild came out and just got it done. The Wild did get outshot in this game pretty significantly. 31 to 21, but uh, Backstrom did the job and Price just flat didn't for Montreal. Just more timely offense for the Wild and Robbie Earl. Robbie Earl, straight out of Chicago. You don't really necessarily always think of Chicago as, as the, you know, the reading hockey players, more like more basketball and football, stuff like that, maybe a little baseball. But there he is, Robbie Earl. Of course, Chris Chelios is from there, but whatever. Robbie Earl getting his third goal of the year. How about that? That was nice to see. And then Koivu replacing the old replacing the old Koivu, except unfortunately he's still on the wild. Ha! The Wild execute on their one power play. They only had one power play in the whole game. And um, that's all that mattered. As the Wild took a 2-1 to lead in the first period. And what's funny is how that was the game winner. As just Backstrom got it done after that. Montreal pretty much trying to come back into it. Trying and trying and trying. But they were screwed. They pretty much were screwed. Havlat getting an assist there on the one. That was the only point he got. But still, it was four straight games with a point. Which is fantastic. And then Cal Clutterbuck just kind of icing it with about eight minutes to go. So uh, it was just, that, that was a pretty fun game, really, to be honest. Even though Montreal outshot us and all that stuff and the Wild weren't really pretty, just the fact that we had the lead so early like that and just kind of hung on the rest of the way, you know, that's all that mattered to me. Just just win the game. That's that's all I ask. I don't care if it's ugly. I don't care if it's 8-0 to zero and we just destroy somebody. As long as we just continue to win these games, who knows? Who knows? Maybe we, maybe we'll get in the playoffs, and then uh, once you make the playoffs, anything can happen. I mean, how many eighth seeds have, have gone on playoff runs, especially like about three, four years ago, Calgary and Edmonton? They just exploded and went on runs. Maybe a rugged, wild team can do that. <laughs> Fairly rugged with a little bit of uh, little bit of offense when Martin Havlat finally wakes up, and he's been doing that. And, of course, the major key is Koivu being... Staying, staying healthy. He he's generally a healthy guy. He just had a couple of issues. Remember that freak injury or that bro, uh, intentional broken stick? Excuse me. What am I talking about? He, his leg was broken with a stick. And I can't even I can't remember the guy's name. As I keep thinking about, it, I can't remember. I'm just gonna have to move on because <laughs> I don't have time to screw around trying to remember that. So we'll just move on here. Like I said, the Wilds' play has just uh, improved greatly, and uh, that's what matters most right now. As Mar- Martin Havlat, folks, Martin Havlat, he had seven points in October, right? Seven points in 12 games. It's like, that's great. Not really. Only one point in seven games in November. That was when he was going through those injury issues, the hamstring and such. Ten points in nine games so far, and of course, like I mentioned, a point in the last four games. He has been really good in the last four, about seven points in those, so... Started out still was still was fairly slow in early uh, December, but really has picked it up here in mid December, and uh, I just I just hope this can continue. I really do. That's what matters most right now for uh, Martin Havlat. He's got 18 points now, which isn't you know it's not like end all spectacular, but hey, it's you got to start somewhere, and uh, Havlat is starting somewhere. That's the good news. Koivu has just. Uh, Koi was on pace for about 81 points, which were 80 to 81 points, which would be just fantastic if you were able to get that. Brunette has just been having a renaissance of a season. Because remember last year, you know, how 
last year with all with the the partially torn ACL playing through that and other just just bang he was just been banged up over and over again with the Wild last year. But what a season he's having. He's on pace for about seventy points at age thirty six. That's pretty awesome. And uh he's he's playing better than he really ever has with the Wild and that's hard to believe considering how good he was in his early days of the Wild back in oh two, oh three, oh one. It was just uh you know, it's been a wonderful time watching Andrew Brunette this season, so had to get that out of the way. Owen Nolan's hurt again, unfortunately. Had a little bit of a quieter year, but he's still one of the leaders on this team. I don't think he'll be leading the team in, in goals scored this year, but hey, he's only three points behind Koivu and Bruno, who both have uh, 10, 10 goals, so you never know. Maybe he'll pull that one out again. <laughs> so we'll just leave it at that. But really, the next topic here, Andrew Abbott. Andrew Abbott, who'd been a nice little addition for the Wild. Just a nice little addition. He's only played seven games, three, but he scored three goals, and not all in one game like Chuck Kobasa, who finally got his seventh point last night. Seventh point in 23 games. Four, he's got four goals this year, and remember, three of them were in the same game. So, yeah, not not the most productive guy in the world is Chuck Kobasu. So, uh, I like Andrew Abbott. He's, he's, he's a nice little spark. He's a nice little underdog. He's, he's kind of like a Jim Dowd, you know. He's kind of like a Jim Dowd, West Walls, almost in a way. He's, he's, you know, he's he's a little spark. He's not going to make you forget about any great player or anything. But but what matters is he brings the effort. And unfortunately, he, he concurred a concussion on the uh, a few about a week ago, and that's been part of the news here. Yet, right once again, another guy joining. Concussion Junction. Concussion Junction. That's just function? been a frustrating thing at the Wild. As now, now you do have four guys in Concussion Junction. Four guys in Concussion Junction. So that's of course Evett, Peter Sikora, Pierre Marc Bouchard, and Brent Burns. And Burns is also Burns has missed ten games already, by the way. And remember how Burns the most, the scariest one of them all because the fact that uh, he had one uh, mid to late last year. And of course, kind of they kind of sort of hit it most of the year. He kind of hit it, and so did the players. I, I don't know what the deal was with that. The coaches, I don't know what was going on with that. There was some confusion and not not much communication there. But um, this whole concussion junction thing is getting kind of frustrating. Um, I I know I kind of in a way turn it into a gag on the show, but I don't necessarily mean to do it to laugh at anybody. It's more of like frust- a frustration thing. Like it's it's unbelievable. It's amazing how well the Wild have played with all these key players out. Uh, Pierre-Marc Bouchard, he's, he was a 50-60 point guy. Brent Burns, he's a 40 point defenseman. Peter Sikora, he's like a 40-50 point guy. Even 60 sometimes. These are key players, so very frustrating. Um, yes, Ebbett was injured last week in Phoenix against the, in that stupid Phoenix game. Oh, that was terrible. That was terrible. So, uh, yeah, Abbott really did give the give the Wild a boost since coming from Chicago. But, uh, yeah, three goals in seven games. Wild also reassigned center Nathan Smith to their AHL affiliate in Houston on Monday. So, Nathan Smith going back to Houston. He's kind of been an up-and-downer. So now, uh, as I get through a little bit of Wild news here, I'm going to be bouncing up and down a little bit. That's just how it goes. So, Andrew Abbott, we hope this guy's going to come back, but unfortunately, he's on injured reserve, which that doesn't always 
that's not always good. You know, it, it could be a while. Really not sure with these concussions. You just don't know. You only hope for the best. So good luck to Andrew Abbott. And, of course, Pierre-Marc Bouchard has missed every game except the season opener. Yeah, that really sucks. That really sucks. So here we go into the wild. Now, yesterday, apparently, now that I... Yesterday, apparently, Andrew Abbott is practicing already, believe it or not. But uh, the truth is, though, you don't really know when he's actually going to come back. Um... There's no real say. If, if Nolan and Ebbett are traveling, it's really hard to say. Uh, Ebbett might be traveling from what they've been saying, but Nolan won't be. So that's pretty much still been going on. So we'll see what happens with Andrew Ebbett. It sounds like things are getting better with him, actually, believe it or not. It's now that I'm seeing what's really going on here. He is, start, he is getting better, so that's the good news. He's starting to get better here. It's just... Uh, it's just scary when this kind of thing happens. It's just too many guys at once. Um, but here we go on to Clayton Stoner. He was the third, he was the 2004th third round pick, 79th overall by the Wild in 2004. You know, I've, I've been keeping an eye on him for quite a while, actually, because I like to watch the Wild affiliate, kind of keep up with some of these guys, maybe finally get something, uh, get something out of here. Clayton Stoner is uh, 24 years old. And, um, you know, he, he's a nice, tough defenseman. As I was talking about earlier, it's like, why isn't Clayton Stoner up here? J- Jamie Cyphers, yeah, he's a nice, gritty guy. But I, I, I got to think sooner or later, as much as Clayton Stoner has developed in the uh, in the minors, I got to think sooner or later he's got to have a, you got to at least give him a, ch- a chance in the NHL. And he will finally get that chance. Finally will get that chance, Will Clayton Stoner. Did not play last night in Montreal, but uh, we'll see what happens here. It could be coming pretty quick. Could be coming pretty quick, maybe against Ottawa. Maybe against Ottawa tomorrow. That'll be an interesting game, by the way. I always love those uh, East Coast games, or Eastern Conference games, I mean, I should say. It's not quite East Coast, but uh, very happy about that. The Clayton Stone are finally a part of things. Kudobin was also sent back because Josh Harding is feeling better. He's back on board as well. Josh Harding is back with the Wild again, full-time. Uh, another bit of news here is that <laughs> wild prospect Marco Scandella made Canada's World Junior Championships roster is expected to be on the top defensive pair. So that's that's pretty exciting in that sense. I mean, they you know that's a good sign at least that his development is moving up. As I can't really keep up with the juniors, that's a little bit tougher. As uh, Tyler Kuma and Matt Hackett did not make the team, so. Mm, Interesting to see that Scandella would make it and Kuma wouldn't, especially being how much uh, Scandella be uh, that he's going to be on the top deep pair and Kuma didn't make it at all. So those are two obviously defenseman prospects. Hackett, as mentioned, did not make it. So that's another little nugget for you. It's a it's just been an interesting little week for the Wild. Really, the the main thing is is some of those were just nuggets. You know, Clayton Stoner. We don't know how successful he's going to be in the NHL. Uh, he did have 10 points in 21 games, though, for Houston Arrows. That's pretty good for a defenseman. That's pretty darn good. Did get seven assists and three goals in 26 games. Excuse me. Um, he was a plus 14, which by far led the team. So, again, that's very encouraging to see that. 
for those Houston uh, Houston Arrows is there are so few strong prospects in Houston. So to see a guy like that find, uh, breaking through a bit, that's that's encouraging. Maybe the Wild have something there. Stoner is a guy I do like. He's a big, strong player. And, of course, he is 6'3", 206. He, he's not huge, but he's but he's big. You know, he's definitely above average in size. Definitely can provide another piece over there. Maybe someday, just maybe someday he can be one of those anchor-type defensemen. And uh, that's what I'm hoping he becomes. That's what the talk was back in 04 when they took him in the third round. Is in the NHL, third-round pick is pretty pretty important. There's some of the building blocks for a team. So we'll see what happens with that. So the Wild now, as mentioned, head to Ottawa tomorrow. That is definitely a big test for the Wild. They've had a pretty good season so far. Believe it or not, they're finally back rolling again. 17-12 and 12 over there in the Eastern Conference. They're only the seventh seed, but they're just a few points behind uh, fifth seed, or they're one point behind the fifth seed. Then it gets interesting when you get into the top three, three, four teams over there. It gets pretty high. It's like, it's very top-heavy over there. Um, it, it, it'll be an interesting game there. Their home record is 12-4-3, and three, so much better at home than on the road where they're only 5-8-1. and one. It'll be a tough test for the Wild, who are still well below, or still three games under 500 on the road. So we'll see how things go there. Ottawa, though, only has, has only won four out of their last ten. So we'll see if the run can continue. We'll see if the run can continue. That's what counts most with these Minnesota Wild. Ottawa's defense not really up to par in their offense. It's certainly not what it was over the last few years. Um, so we'll see. As the Wild finally uh, get some home games next week. We're going to have a homestand next week. Colorado, Edmonton, St. Louis, those are all must-wins. The Wild need to keep this run going because if they're going to have any hope of making a playoff run, like I said about 100 billion times, and I'm going to keep saying it, you need to win games like that, especially at home. The good news is the Wild have dominated Colorado this season. They are 3-0 and against Colorado. Can they do it again? I don't know. Unfortunately, the Wild have really struggled against teams like St. Louis and Los Angeles the last couple of years. And amazingly, the LA Kings are the number one seed in the Western Conference. I don't know where that came from, and uh, it's it's been a good run for them. It really has. For the last several years, they've been one of the doormats. And, of course, Edmonton, a team that's pretty much neck and neck with us in our division and, of course, in the Western Conference. you got to win a game like that. Edmonton has always been a tough beat for the Wild pretty much since day one. Remember, they lost 5-2 to two on October the 16th. That was pretty ugly stuff. So now we get some division games and some conference games here. All Western Conference the rest of the way. As with the Wild head out to California, L.A. area. They play L.A. on the 28th, Anaheim on the 29th, and then at home for L.A. on the 31st. That's New Year's Eve. You might imagine that might be what that is. Yeah. So that's going to be a really tough, tough stretch there. Three games and four nights, and all against, and two of them against the LA Kings, who of course have owned the Wild the last three, four years. They've kept the Wild out of the postseason. <laughs> they certainly did last year, anyway, is what I should say. They kept the Wild out of the postseason last year because of those crappy losses at home to the Kings. So, uh, I kind of rambled a little long there, but hey, that's what this is about. You know, we're, we're talking about the Minnesota Wild. I hope you'd rather me talk about the Wild and not about. Uh, my lawn service, or my iPod, or about some other garbage going out th- going on out there in the world that might be just uh, 
meaningless. I mean, there's other stuff that's important, but there's the meaningless crap too. Like, yeah, we won't even go there. Entertainment industry, that's pretty stupid. So enough of that, enough of my rambling. I need you guys to please call into my show. It would really liven things up a bit. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877 is the call-in line from thesportstuff.com. It is a voicemail. Treat it as such. Mention you are calling in for Brave the Wild. Leave your name and town. Do your comment, shout-out, uh, question, whatever it is. Whine, bitch about something. I don't care. Complain about how uh, frustrating James Shepard is, and I'll agree with you. <laughs> or uh, be happy that Havlet's playing better. Hey, whatever it is, I, you're welcome on board as long as, as long as it's slightly on topic. I'd appreciate it. <laughs> so that's the idea there. And also on the sportstuff.com, there is a button in the upper right-hand corner of the website that says TSS Sports. Do click on that. And then there'll be a button that says register, or a link that says register on the left side of the page after that. Click on that. You're in. It is 100% free and 100% fun. On there, you join the message boards. You can talk Minnesota Wild. You can post on my little board on there in the podcast section, the Brave the Wild uh, podcast section. So that's the idea. You you get it. Please join in. Become a part of things. Don't just watch sports. Get involved, which is the slogan on the sportsstuff.com. So enough of that. As the Wild, definitely, <laughs> they've been playing good, but they've had a long, 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 long way to go. And, of course, a lot of uh, important games coming up. And I mean real important games coming up. So we will review those games. We will talk about those games in about a week. Do take care. (laughs) 